Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Doctor has won the European Cup for Manchester United. It's absolutely astonishing. The double is definitely Manchester United. Too far for Ronaldo to think about it. Oh! Absolutely sensational! It's red in Russia. This English night in Europe is Manchester United's night. For the first time since March, Manchester United have some success on the road. Four goals and two victories in Serbia and East Anglia put United 7th in the league and top of their Europa League group and then United go to Stamford Bridge to win for the second consecutive time. That's just not something that Manchester United do at Chelsea away but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has pulled it off two times. It's a fantastic victory. Marcus Rashford is leading United, dragging United back into form, arresting a poor spell of form. We discuss all three of those matches and preview Saturday's early kickoff against Bournemouth on Series 5, Episode 13 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Marcus Rashford right at the end! Oh, yes! Jack, it would be silly to start anywhere but Marcus Rashford after... A, a very good goal against Norwich at the weekend and then a storming performance well not necessarily a storming performance but two fine goals a, a well taken penalty and a I know everyone said it but a Cristiano Ronaldo-esque free kick that was uh, well it, it couldn't have been been more perfect genuinely I tweeted this uh, just straight after the free kick went in genuinely it's one of the best free kicks I've ever seen and it probably is the best yeah. free kick a United player has scored since Ronaldo against Portsmouth back in what was that 2008 2007 yeah it was sublime just you you see the flight of the ball. I mean watching it in real time it was good it was you know insanely 
uh, accurate enough. But then you see the replay, you see first of all how high it goes. Yeah. I mean, it, remind, it reminds me a little bit of uh, when Dimitri Payet was at West Ham and he was putting in free kicks for fun. And then the and then the swerve that you get on the ball as well. I mean, to beat Caballero from that far out is, I mean, it was just a ridiculous strike. Yeah, because I I was I was sat and I was at the press box at Chelsea, so I was I was pretty much. I don't know, Rashford was probably a couple of yards to my left. I was in line with that. And it's one of those where even the Chelsea fans react around you going, oh, wow. Like, it was just a piece of absolute football genius. And I guess a result of many hours on the training pitch practicing and trying to emulate his his boyhood hero, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. And I mean, this. How impartial are you? are you supposed to stay in the press box? Well, pretty impartial. They're obviously quite a lot of the how how how'd that how'd that go for you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the for the first goal it was all right, but when when someone like Marcus Rashford does something like that, it it, it turns quite difficult because obviously a lot of the a lot of the journalists <laughs> covering United are, I mean, most of them are United fans. There's a couple of City fans based in Manchester who cover United as well, but a lot of the the United journalists, for all the stick they get, are Manchester United fans and have been all their lives. But you you kind of learn to try and, and keep it in a little bit. But for that one, it was like, wow, what have I, what have I just seen? <laughs> and uh, to be fair, for the United fans in the way, and it was an even better view because they were behind that goal and they could see the the swerve yeah. on it. And then you see the replay, and it's it's incredible. And and eighty two years to the day since United's incredible run of having an academy graduate in every first team match day squad for three thousand nine hundred ninety consecutive games. Eighty two years after that first game where that run started, and Marcus Rashford comes up with two for. A a statement victory is what it is. Yeah, and I, as I, as I said after the game, what a difference a week makes because yeah. realistic, realistically, not much has changed in this team in the last week. No, we still have the same problems that we had before. We still have the same players, the same worries about everything that's happened. But a few good results, especially away from home, three big wins on the road, and then suddenly everything feels like a lot, so much peachier, so much rosier, and among the fan base, you know, there's just a lot more optimism around. And really, not much has actually changed. We had, realistically, two results that we 100% would have been expecting to get against Norwich and, and uh, Belgrade. And then a win against Chelsea that, yeah, the, you know, that that's a very a very good win away from home at Stamford Bridge. But really, that we haven't done anything that exceptional this week. But just those three wins changed the mood around the club so much. Well, I think there are obviously the, the, the same issues still there. But tactically, Liverpool was the start. And... and Perhaps if we take it back further than a week and go two weeks, two weeks ago we're we're in the international break. United have Liverpool in a, in a few days' time, so we're recording this on on the Thursday just after Chelsea. So two weeks ago today, United are preparing for a tough game against Liverpool. Solskjaer is under serious pressure. People are considering whether he has any future at the club, whether he should have been sacked already, and suddenly the the whole mood of the club has changed. And I I said this elsewhere after the game yesterday and before the game. It's very easy to to stay pretty gloomy and 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 depressed by results like the one nil against Partizan and even the three one against Norwich when you're not going when you're not at the games because you you can still see those weaknesses and and you're probably a bit more um, objective about it. But when you go into the matches, it's it's so easy to just get caught up in it all. And why not? Because that that's kind of 
the that's the fickleness and, and the brilliance of football is to get caught up in that hope. So before the game last night around Stamford Bridge, a lot of United fans had some kind of hope and we, we shouldn't have had any hope because <laughs> we'd won two games. <laughs> Those were our first two away wins for, for eight months and then now we have three in a row. But to be fair, Solskjaer got it got it right tactically. He did, he did. And to be fair to Solskjaer, you've got to give him credit for what he's done for us coming out of the international break. He's clearly you know, sat down, reviewed what's happened so far this season and, and made some changes. And I think, you know, despite everything that that we've said about him and, and the worries that we have, and I think legitimate justified worries that we have, he has come out of the international break. He's changed things around, switched to a three at the back for a few games, which has really helped. And he's been a lot more proactive with his substitutions. I think the Chelsea game was probably the... the I, was trying, I was trying to rack my brain and see if you can think of any of these, Harry. But for me, it's, it's the first time I can really remember Solskjaer making a positive impact on a game with his substitutions because he saw that at the start of the second half, Chelsea were getting the upper hand, we were under the cosh. And again, it was like we take we take the lead and then we sit back and we try and just defend them. And we're not good enough defensively to do that for 45 minutes against a team like Chelsea. So he made some positive changes, brings on Pereira, brings on Martial, takes off Lindelof, switches to four at the back. And it made a big, big difference for us. And I think not only did he make those those changes, they were positive and they came in, I think it was about the 57th, 58th minute instead of the 78th, which is what it normally is. Well, it's interesting because I was actually saying uh, after the game, even after that, I was saying that he hadn't been quick enough to make those changes. And I, th- I think there's, there's, that's true to a certain extent because Chelsea's goal was obviously coming. It seemed pretty inevitable after about the 50th minute. Yeah. And so those changes should have come early. But th- then when it did go in, he he made those changes and they worked is the important thing because it is not just we need to see him make changes quicker. It's that they have to be the right ones and they were the right ones and had the impact on the game because what it changed it for the first 15 minutes of the second half were United's goal being being peppered by Chelsea and they, they probably took control of the game and United had to do something to wrestle it back and it, they didn't manage to get control of the game before we scored again but we managed to change it from a, a dominating Chelsea performance in that first 15 minutes of the second half to an end-turn game, the kind of end-turn game where you get a free kick 30 yards out and you need a bit of magic from one of your best players and, and that's what we got. Exactly. It just I think Pereira played very well when he came on. Having Martial up there gave Rashford an, uh, a little bit more support that he didn't have before and it did help to, to kind of change the flow of the game. Like you said, like you said, we were never totally in control of the game. I, I wouldn't say that at any time, especially in the second half, were we dominant. But we, we made the game into a knife edge. And before that we made those substitutions, it wasn't like that. Chelsea were coming coming at us with wave after wave of attack. And the, the goal was completely inevitable for, the, for about 15 minutes before it actually went in. Solskjaer made those changes and they did have a positive impact. I don't really think we're ever going to have the kind of players on the bench to come on and completely turn a game around, turn a game on its head on their own. But what they can do is try and, you know, change the flow of the game, disrupt the pattern that's been set. And that's exactly what the sub- those substitutions did. They got us a foothold in the game. And then you get a piece of magic from Marcus Rashford. And sometimes that's what you need to get a big away win. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that United have been missing for, for quite a while is that moment of magic to kind of to to save managers. And that's what other teams have a lot of the time. That's what Liverpool and City get with, with Mane, Aguero, Sterling, whoever it is, um, is that piece of magic when, when the, the rest of the team can't quite get over the line. Because United didn't play badly, that's not at all. United played very well in that first half. When you look at Sky Sports this week, just published an article about um, like alternative Premier League tables. And if you go on purely expected goals, which is not a metric that I think can tell you the whole story. 
But it does tell you a little bit, at least, about how many chances you're creating. We, we would be second in, in the league at the moment, just behind Liverpool and ahead of City. And so it does kind of suggest that actually part of this problem is that we're not getting those moments of magic. We're not scoring the goals, A, that we're expected to, and we're certainly not scoring the goals that kind of come out of nothing. Stuff like Rashford's free kick last night. We haven't been getting those moments and we haven't been having that kind of clinical element to our game from our our, our forwards. So, you know, it, it does kind of suggest that maybe the problems aren't running quite as deep as we might have feared in terms of how many chances we're creating and the actual standard of the play. Maybe it is just a case of, of poor finishing. I mean, what we've seen this season, I don't think to- totally backs that up. But I think that expected goals table was an interesting an interesting way of looking at it and and maybe putting a more positive spin on what we've seen from United so far this season. Yeah, now there's there's one player I want to talk about in particular apart from Marcus Rashford. But but, but right, I'm going to I'm going to mention Marcus Rashford first. Let's let's get the Rashford talk done. After the Norwich game, even after the Norwich game, Rashford had shown with with just one goal, but has has shown that when he has someone to support him Anthony Martial or or a good Dan James that he is good enough for Manchester United and I think the the benefit of hindsight helps massively and so does the fact that we've now won a couple of games that you can't get around that the the, the winning feeling helps us be a little more sympathetic towards our own players and that that's always going to be the case now Rashford has had some bad performances this season he's had things that we've criticised him for and I think rightly so He's not been good enough in certain games. His finishing hasn't been right, um, but but the attitude and, and the work rate has always been there. And now you look at it, and in the Premier League, he's got as many goals and assists as Sterling and Salah this season, and he's got more than Mane, Kane and Aubameyang, just in the Premier League. And then you see him score two in the the, the, the Carabao Cup, whatever round it was, at Stamford Bridge. And, and, and this is... This is a 21-year-old leading the line for Manchester United and delivering. And no, it, it's not been a fantastic start to to this season, but it, it has been pretty good. Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's, it's been classic Rashford in a lot of ways. It's frustrating because the t- the signs of talent are so obvious, and and not only are so obvious, but the talent potentially is so big that you just you want him to take that next step, and that's not kind of what we've seen so far. But I, I totally agree that Rashford needs to be playing alongside someone else. Whether that's up front with a strike partner in a 3-5-2 or in a 4-3-3 where he's playing a sort of almost like a, a left forward or an in sort of an in, in that sort of inside left channel with Martial up front. Because I definitely think that's the way round that it should be. It should not be Martial on the left and Rashford through the middle. Because the best part of Rashford's game is his movement and his football intelligence. You see him when he's playing up front on his own, he's making so many good runs every single time our midfield gets on the ball. But then the midfielder is having to try and play a 35-yard pass to get him in and, and kind of make use of that run. And the odds of that of that pass going through are, are very, very minimal, especially with the lack of quality that we have in our midfield. You get him a strike partner, though, and then you can start to see things like what we saw for Martial's goal against Norwich, where he has someone he can bounce the ball off and instead of having someone having to play a 30, 35-yard pass into him, it might be a 10 or 15-yard pass to get Rashford in. Or even Rashford trying to play a pass to get Martial in. It makes such a huge difference having that that person who's up there with him where he's not so isolated. He, he does have a partner up there to to be able to, to play off. Yeah, and I, I really think 4-3-3 and 3-5-2 from going forward should be the only two formations that United even look to play. Yeah, 
and and Rashford is is performing and and Martial's return helps that massively and the the, the love that United fans have for Martial is, is possibly more alongside Scott McTominay who we're about to talk about is probably the most of of any player at the club even when he when he goes to warm up home and away the whole stadium or the away yeah. end launches into into his chant because I think the lingering memories of, of just what Anthony Martial can do in fact they're not lingering memories because we saw him do it at Norwich with that that deft chip over over Tim Krul we we know how good he can be how exciting he can be so we're just waiting to see that and, and that will be crucial for United over the next month is whether he can perform but Scott McTominay I think, I think the other thing just quickly on, on Rashford as well I was um, talking to some people on Twitter about this after the game the one thing you've got to say about Rashford is for a 22 year old guy he has he has some bottle he really does Absolute, I mean yeah. he, you know he's he's had his fair share of, of bad moments in his United career you know missed penalties missed chances that takes a lot of stick from the fans even even about his free kicks how many have we seen going Rosette I saw a guy tweet in the game a video of them of the United fans celebrating. He, he was in the top row and he was saying, "I had my hands out ready to catch it because that's where they all expected it to go." You know, he cops a lot a lot of flack from United fans, but every single game he steps up and he, he's willing to take on that responsibility. You saw him yesterday after missing the penalty against Norwich. He was made a beeline for the ball. He grabbed it. No one else is going to even have a chance of taking that penalty. And Marcus Rash was four days older than I am, and I just think for me at my age trying to trying to do that and have that responsibility takes some some mental toughness yeah it's it's every, he stepped up to take two penalties this season and missed possibly three actually he stepped up to take so many free kicks over the last three years and and missed most of them i think one he got very lucky against benfica and yet he he comes up and 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 steps up to take it every time yeah and and as a very young player he's been asked to take a lot of responsibility yeah, huge that amount, really yeah. shouldn't be asked of a young player and at every at any any time we never hear any complaints it's get on with it and do your bet and do the, the do your job as best you can and i think i think the thing that pleases me most about watching rashford now is he's 21 now uh i think he's actually 22 today or yesterday and today yeah halloween is he, his birthday yeah so he turns 22 today he's been playing for united since he was 18 and yet He's he's still exciting. He's still scoring. He's still surprising, and that's what you want from a young player who's come into the side. Is it, not to deteriorate, and I don't think Rashford has done that. Not to stagnate, and not to become kind of one-dimensional. And I don't think you could argue that Rashford is that because there's still things he does on the pitch, and I still see him running at players and think, what what's he going to do here? Um, and I know some United fans will disagree with that and say he, he can be too predictable. He'll cut inside and, and shoot or he'll launch over the bar as his free kicks are always the same. But I just don't think that's the case. I think if you if you think like that, then obviously you're, you're going to be able to see that on the pitch. You'll be looking out for, for things he does every time. But he's still unpredictable and he's still really good to watch. On on the subject of, of predicting things, Scott McTominay, two years ago, a year ago even, you wouldn't predict him to be United's best midfielder at the moment, perhaps best performer. He is a a standard bearer for Manchester United at, at the age of 22. He stands for everything that Solskjaer wants out of these players and, and really everything that this club is known for. You know, coming through the academy, not necessarily the most talented the most talented player. And, and when he first got given opportunities by Mourinho, you know, a lot of us were kind of wondering what he brings to the table because he's not the quickest, he's not the strongest, He's not the best on the ball, but he's just a very, very solid all-round player. And what he's really added to his game, the two things for me this season, 
One is is his defensive work is off the charts at the moment. I mean, I can I I lost count of the amount of times just in the last ten minutes of the Chelsea game while we while we were trying to close out the game. So many times he'd be breaking up passes, he'd be making vital tackles, interceptions on the edge of our box. There was just so many occasions where you thought he's he's absolutely everywhere, and he put in such a good shift for the entire game. But I think the big thing that he's really added this season that's taken his game to another level is going forward, he's so much tidier on the ball. He offers us so much more going forward than he did before. And it means that he he's not just someone that comes in and is just a destroyer and then almost like a, a Francis Coquelin kind of mould where they just win the ball back and have to give it to one of their teammates as quickly as possible because if they keep it, they're probably going to lose it. Whereas McTominay has added so much to his game going forward He's very, very tidy on the ball now. He's he's never going to be a, a Paul Scholes type of player. But if you can get his game on the ball high enough to a level where it's not really a detriment to us going forward, I think it is a, it is there at the moment. His defensive work is so good. He adds so much to our midfield. Absolutely, yeah. And he's, he's very comfortable with what kind of midfield he is. And he doesn't try excessively to, to be that creative force in United's midfield. He, he, he'll he look for the the incisive pass but he's not going to force it he's not going to push it when it's when it's not there and I think that's good because I, I don't think he's got the quality to do that what he has got the quality to do is break up the game uh, keep possession pretty well and be kind of the the, the leader in the, in the centre of the pitch for United and that's not something you would have perhaps thought and and as a fan, it, it's so good to watch him just because of, of how much he, he quite obviously cares about the club. His celebrations are, are something else and he started adding some, as you say, attacking output to his game. There was a, a good chance for him from a corner in the first half, I think within the first 15 minutes at Chelsea when Dan James kind of pulled it deceptively slowly back into the centre of the area. No Chelsea defender managed to see what was coming and McTominay just curled it just round the, the top right post. So he's clearly becoming more of a threat and it, it's it, it's so good to watch him in there and he needs to be partnered by someone, perhaps Paul Pogba, but his future looks unlikely to be at United, um, who who can provide kind of more of that creative force. But together, McTominay looks like he's ready for a a, a, a long extended spell as a, as a United first team player and that's not what we thought would happen. Not at all. I, I, I could never foresee... Well, what this kind of career traje- trajectory would be for McTominay in the last couple of years. I mean, we both said sort of halfway through last season that he was probably our best holding midfielder over Nemanja Matic, but I don't even think at that point either of us saw him as a long-term option. He was simply the best option we had at the time until the end of the season when we would hopefully bring in someone new. But the opportunities he's got this season have, have been earned 100% because I, for me, he's definitely been our best player all season. 100% the most consistent. I don't think anyone can argue with that. And I think across the season, he's de- he's been our best best player because in pretty much every game, you know what you're going to get from Scott McTominay. Just doesn't really seem to have any bad games. And last night was probably, I would say, his best performance in a United shirt. Particularly the first half, yeah. He was he was the one responsible for keeping that lead intact. And I think I think what was most impressive was there was a he got his booking in the... 10th or 11th minute and it was a it was a stupid immature uh tackle really rash not not necessary at all and and yeah immature because he he kind of looked at the ball saw that he wasn't quite going to get it and went in almost two-footed with with some force and got rightly booked for it and after that playing 80 minutes then managed to 
avoid the second booking, but not only avoid it, not look like someone who was on a booking, not pull out of challenges unnecessarily because his reading of the game has improved so much. So that that's a massive positive. Um, now, three wins at Stamford Bridge going into last night's game since 2002. And before Solskjaer came into United, we'd won twice since 2002. Um, and the most recent was in 2012. And we've now done it, done it two in a row. Um, we're unbeaten against Chelsea since we lost in the FA Cup final under Mourinho. And that, that seems an absolute world away. And I think that's true for both United and Chelsea fans. So it, where, where do United go from here now? It's a tough question because you never quite know what kind of United you're going to get from week to week. And I guess that's kind of the issue with the, with this squad at the moment. But I mean, I think all you really can do is, is keep trying to build on, on what we've seen. I think the big thing now is for Solskjaer and the coaching staff to understand you know, sit down, take some time and figure out what it is that has created this improvement. Because there is there is still the worry that we're not creating enough chances. We're still too reliant on set pieces to score goals of the, what, five goals that we scored, six goals that we scored in the last week. Two ended up being from penalties, plus we got two more penalties against Norwich. Another from a free kick by Rashford. So there is still some worries that we're not creating enough chances. But for me, I think the big thing is the formation. As I said, 4-3-3 or 3-5-2 or I think are the only formations we should be seeing United in at the moment. When we have Rashford and Martial fit, the two of them have to play together. They just have to because in tandem, they are so much better than they are when they're apart. Dan James continues to improve and continues to impress as well. Goals have dried up a little bit for him, but the performances are still as good as ever. So I think really now it's about trying to build on what we've seen. I'd love to see Brandon Williams get an extended run at left back too, because I thought he was fantastic against Chelsea and has done everything he can to put himself in the frame for some starts going forward. So I think it's tough to say what needs to change because I don't really think that much has changed since before the international break. I think simply it's that one, the formation is better, and two, the players are executing better. I, th- I think the big change is, is Anthony Martial being back because the, the the partisan game was was good and it was a great experience for, for Garner and Williams, particularly James Garner, who starting in midfield in that kind of atmosphere is a, is a really difficult challenge. And he, he looked a little tentative at times, but in general did a, did a good job and was composed and, and played well and offered something as a, as a creative midfielder. Um, and for Williams as well. So the partisan game was good. The Norwich game was where United got their confidence back, you'd say, with Anthony Martial and yeah. Rashford working together. And that allowed us to come into the Chelsea game with some confidence, with some hope um, and, and with a, uh, a prediction of, of some kind of excitement. And... United then delivered on their game plan. I think that that return of Martial has been a massive boost to the squad. And if he can carry on now, then United now have much more options in terms of their systems. They can fit their players better into into the system that they want to play. And it, it should be okay. But yeah, Brandon Williams did very well. Garner had a great game against Partizan, I think. And they, they both look look very good so there's, there's definitely some hope there for United right let's move on to the another thing just quickly worth mentioning from me as well I just I think Marcus Rojo has done very well since he came back into the side too now we've gone yeah. to three at the back he's been having a few opportunities at centre back and to be fair to him he was a player that I think pretty much all United fans to a man wanted out in the summer he's actually yeah. come in and done, done pretty well alongside Maguire and Lindelof and really hasn't let the side down at all well yeah it's an interesting one there was an interview with him in midweek I can't remember who it was with but Rojo said, I, I much prefer being in a three-man defence. 
And you can see because it, it kind of makes sense because he, he, he can have those rash tackles. His positioning isn't always there. Concentration isn't always there. But as a, as a defender... In, in some aspects he's really good there was a fantastic block to deny I think it was Billy Gilmore uh, Williams came up with this great hooked tackle and then kicked it out into the feet of Gilmore and Rojo got down didn't give away the, the penalty for handball but blocked it and, and then cleared and and that was a, a really really good piece of defending so it, it's an interesting one we'll see when Twenza becomes back if Rojo takes his spot but there's yeah let, let's go on to the youth roundup and then we'll talk about uh, our next game against Bournemouth Right, we saw a great performance from Brandon Williams last night against Chelsea and a good performance from Garner as well at Partizan Belgrade. But their teammates have been doing good jobs as well as they beat Doncaster Rovers 2-1 in the EFL Trophy. Three wins out of three for Neil Woodside. A brilliant, cracking, swerving volley from Ethan Galbraith to equalise at Doncaster. And then a 94th minute winner from Mason Greenwood coming in from the right. A quick step over, beating two defenders and finishing with his right foot. He can score them with his left and his right. He's a little bit dynamite. Uh, it's a great opportunity for United's young players in the EFL Trophy, um, and they're improving, particularly someone like 17-year-old Ted N. Mengi, who at under-18 level relied on being blessed with this brilliant physique, uh, quick, strong, very fast, and uh, decent in the air. But now he's been challenged properly at under-21 level against proper first-team footballers, and it's making his reading of the game, his positioning, his composure even better than it, it already was. So it's, it's fantastic. And there were about 500 United fans who travelled to Doncaster for the under-21 game in the EFL Trophy uh, on the Friday night before that it was another good win for United as they beat Stoke under 23 3-1 goals from Greenwood Gomez and Ramazani no game for the under 18s this week but they play Wolves on Saturday in women's news United beat Reading 2-0 to carry on an excellent run of form last weekend they beat City 2-0 this weekend it was Reading goals from Hanson and Sigsworth and there's been some good performances from United's lone players but we haven't got that long so we'll skip over them for now Right, Jack, early Saturday kickoff, which is a, a pain in the ass for, for you and any American listeners, but um, 12.30, away at Bournemouth, long trip down for, for any United fans going to that, uh, and, and the players, to be fair, as well. And it's a game, it, it's a tough one, Bournemouth away. You, you, you're not saying the United shouldn't win it, but it, it's not an, an easy game, and so many people have tripped up, particularly Manchester United, away at Bournemouth, this little but new Premier League club who are, who are now established in, in the top division. Uh, how are you seeing the game pan out? Yeah, early kickoff not fun, not fun for anyone in America, especially if you're trying to wake up for the Rugby World Cup final as well. I'll be up at 5am for that, and the United at half eight, I think. Um but yeah, it's not. I, I honestly, I hate playing at Bournemouth. I absolutely hate watching us play there because, like you said, it's such a small stadium. It's so tight, and they, it's just one of those teams. I feel like Bournemouth have almost replaced Swansea as the team that we always seem to go to and, yeah. and lose away away from home. It's going to be a tough game. It's the South Coast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. There's something about there's something about Bournemouth, going, Southampton, yeah, South Coast, Brighton. Yeah. We we can't do it. Every every time we, we go, we used there. to always play badly at Pompey too. Yeah. It's true. Maybe it's just we've it's, lost to Brighton the last couple of years. It's just too far south for us. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Anywhere past London, and and that's it. It all crumbles there. Yeah. yeah, but no, it's going to be a tough game. Um, off the top of my head, I think I think the, the one big thing again is just to try to control the game. I think that was the big difference against Norwich was that we actually played an away game where we had we had control of the game. We were dominant, whereas normally we go away from home and we sort of sit back, we cede control to the to the opposition, and we try and play on the counter attack. And it's just, it's too risky a strategy. It's not its not the kind of tactics that we want to be employing as Manchester United. So I'd like to see us try and take the game by the scruff of the neck, dominate the possession. And what I really want to see on the back of the Norwich game is 
let's let's keep up that level of creating chances because that was probably the first game all season where it looked like we were relatively rampant. You know, it looked like most times we went forward, we we had an opportunity to score. Part of that was because Norwich are so poor defensively. But you know, I want to I want to keep that sort of uh, creating chances mold going because that has really really been what we've struggled with all season and not just relying on penalties. Yeah, and unfortunately, because United play. Thursday against Partizan Belgrade and then the early Saturday kickoff. There there shouldn't be any particular need to rest players. Anthony Marshall didn't start at Chelsea. Uh I'd like to see James Garner come into into central midfield, but Fred has been doing Fred's been getting a lot of praise recently from a lot of United fans who thought he wasn't good enough. And I think I think the thing with Fred is if United win the game, he looks like he's had a good game because he does break up the play, he does make some crucial interceptions, he makes some decent passes. If United lose it, then fans instead focus on the fact uh, on the fact he loses possession so much, so much more than any midfielder for for a club like United should do. So yeah. I think it's been it's been slow progress, but progress nonetheless. I would say in the last yeah. month or so. But I think I think the the big praise for him over the last couple of weeks is is probably a little too soon because I think it's mainly based on the fact that United are, are, as a team are playing a little bit better. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.